the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 401 for February 9th, 2014. Samsung getting set to announce the Galaxy S5, California getting set to announce a smartphone kill switch, and how to make your old cell phone a home phone. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, the iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, first today, a quick story about a new device. This is one of those new-to-me type of devices. It's your old technology. So welcome the Nexus 4. Currently, uh, I've got this device uh, on a long-term loan from a friend of mine that wasn't using it anymore, so I figured I'd put it into my rotation and just see how it goes. And, you know, the overall form factor is a little bit larger than the iPhone, and so it's a little bit different for me to use on a regular basis, but um, as always with these these Android devices, I'm impressed by just how much I enjoy the larger screen when I'm actually using it and get used to carrying that thing around. So, um, you know, I currently don't have service on it. I've just been using it on a a tether back to my iPhone when I'm out in a about. I'm normally on Wi-Fi range, so this isn't really all that big of a deal. Uh, it is, though, not really ideal, and so I'm considering grabbing another one of those $30 T-Mobile plans, as that really gets the job done for uh, the data needs that you'd have for it. So uh, we'll see how long it takes for me to get sick of tethering to the iPhone here. I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be all that long. Uh, but definitely enjoying coming back to this pure Google experience. The Moto- Motorola X is you know, a great device, um, a better size for me overall, but there really is something about Android the way Google intended it to be. And uh, the Nexus 4, the one I have, running 4.4.2. So this is as good as it gets. And uh, definitely having some fun with this one, playing around with uh, pure Android once again. Well, I know the people that uh, that have the Nexus 4, they all seem to be, you know, really like it. I mean, I know a few people with them and they really, uh, you know, they don't seem to have any desire to uh, change to anything else. The, uh, the only thing I will say is I've got a case for it here just to, to keep it safe. And I, I, it, it actually adds a little bit more than I would uh, have preferred to as far as thickness. But um, with this glass back on it, it's really hard to, to not have something on it, especially knowing and seeing just how many of these things are getting broken. And uh, so unfortunately, it's, it's, like I said, a little bit bigger than what I would want. But overall, it's, it's a great device, very fast, runs you know, things wonderfully uh, as far as the, the Android side of things. It's, it's, it's really quite good. So um, I I'm having a little bit of fun with that. The camera is a disappointment, but I knew that kind of going in that was not going to be a, a replacement for a camera that I was carrying around with me all the time. But either way, it's it's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of a change and something that I'll uh, I'll have my hands on here for quite a while. This one can't get sold because there's nothing there's nowhere to sell it to or return it because I don't have anyone to return it to except for the person and he doesn't want it anymore. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to have this one for quite a while. So looking forward to this. Let's jump into the news. Microsoft announcing on Tuesday it has picked a new leader for its enterprise services. And this is uh, the old leader of the cloud division, uh, Satya Nadella, and he is the next CEO. And uh, so he has been with Microsoft 22 years. He's held various roles during his tenure. Uh, The move comes five months after Steve Ballmer announced that he'd be retiring uh, sometime in 2014, though he didn't say when. Well, Ballmer uh, is going to remain on the board of directors. Microsoft also announced that Bill Gates would be coming back. He previously was the chairman of the board and is going to take on a new role with them as founder and technology advisor. Uh, this change to uh, Nadella, Nadella, excuse me, is effective immediately. So Balmer is out. 
So I'm excited to get a change here at Microsoft, you know, even for the the window side of things and, and just kind of the, the overall company. They have a lot of good things going for them, but I, I just haven't been, you know, terribly impressed lately with their, uh, you know, seemingly lacking behind in the, the Windows technology and also even the Windows phone. I mean, they've been uh, gaining kind of uh, traction recently, but we need to see a better effort uh, coming from Microsoft and how to kind of you know bring all the the mobile and the the desktop side of things a little bit tighter here, and I think uh, Nadella is going to be the one to do it. If you know he's he comes from that cloud side of things, and so he's thinking more about how you're getting the data from your desktop devices over to the mobile side, and so hopefully that will will do some great things for them as they start to talk about what's going to be the future of Windows Phone and and whatnot. And I think you know for 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 a company that over time has really focused on the enterprise side of things. This, this could be an opportunity for them to really kind of reinvent themselves and do something that's going to be going to be really good just because they've got someone in a position who can push that and drive that change. So we'll see kind of what what uh, what happens here with this. But uh, either way, we knew something was going to happen. We just didn't know who or when. And now we know all those details. So good luck to uh, Nadella in his new role as CEO of Microsoft. California expecting to introduce legislation that wireless network operators must equip their smartphones with an anti-theft kill switch. The solution for curbing theft has been largely rejected by carriers, though California State Senator Mark Leno and San Francisco District Attorney George Gaskin are expected to make a push for something to be in effect within the next year. Leno and Gaskin are expected to push that something uh, would for is, is needed to deter cell phone thefts and to protect consumers if passed and signed into law, it would require that phones and tablets sold in California have the new anti-theft solution by January 1st, 2015. So what does that mean? Well, if you think about what you've got in your current devices, whether it's an Android you know, device or an iPhone, you've got some sort of software solution that if you decide to activate it, you can then go in and lock the phone, wipe the phone, and basically make the phone unusable for someone who, um, if they were to happen to get it in their hands, if you can get to it uh, ahead of time. So what we're talking about here is something that is by default installed in each of these devices that um, the carrier then could, I think, push out and make that change uh, so that this device could be completely uh, you know, utterly useless moving forward. Like I said, we've we've made it part of the way here. This would just kind of take it the rest of the way. And uh, I think, in in my opinion, I think this is a good move and a good thing for consumers. It is absolutely the the, the weird thing is is that this uh, is is not a federal thing. I, does he, California even have the authority to to implement this? Is kind of what my question is. Because it, I mean, this makes way more sense at a federal level, or you know, even a not a global level, really, because you can't really regulate that. But this is just so specific to California. I wonder if this will be something they have to just do nationally, or if you know, lawsuits will ensue and they won't be able to enforce this. Uh, this is kind of a uh, it's an interesting situation yeah you know and i think the and you're right it's this is not a federal mandate so this is not something that's going to come out as a you know you're going to see it across the board and everywhere you live it's just just in california and how does that even work it's a good it's a good question and it's it's something that we have yet to see answered so uh, but either way i mean it's you know, it's things like cars. When a car is sold with certain emission requirements and stuff like that, they have to be manufactured specifically for that state, and so they do different things. Um, very odd, though, if you think about that, what that would mean. It's a phone. It's not a $30,000, $40,000 car. It's just a couple hundred dollar piece of technology. Making different devices for a specific geographic region of a geographic region, i.e. a state, uh, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But we'll see what that means uh, when they finally, if indeed, get it enacted and signed into law. 
Remember ISIS? Uh, most of us don't, but Wells Fargo wants you to remember it. The financial institution is offering cardholders up to $300 to join ISIS and make use of it for mobile payments. Wells Fargo customers who sign up for ISIS will receive a $20 account credit for the first time they use ISIS to make their payments. Further, between now and April 30th, Wells Fargo will offer 20% cash back and statement credits on all ISIS purchases up to $100 per calendar month over the next three months. The system is available to about 50 smartphones and uses NFC and mobile applications for tap and go payments at participating retailers. Around 50 of those Android handsets will have the ability to do this and Verizon has announced the ability on the Incipio cash wrap case for owners of the uh, iPhone recently. So we'll see some potential devices here, not just on the Android side, but also maybe some iPhones getting in on this action. Uh, that would be kind of nice. I, I do like this mobile payment technology. I you know, got to try Google Wallet back when it was first released with the, the Nexus uh, S uh, on Sprint, and it was actually really neat. But they, of course, the amount of retailers that supported it were just completely lackluster, and, and McDonald's is pretty much the only place I ever used it at. So, And I still rarely see those terminals available uh, still today. Uh, and that was, I don't know how many years ago now. So it's it's still technology that needs better implementation on the, the retailer side. And, uh, you know, for this, it's it's actually looking like a, a pretty decent promotion if you're someone who is, um, you know, looking to, to take advantage of it for at least, you know, $100 a month in statement credits back on just using this. All you have to spend is 500 to get that 100 So it's it's not like they're asking you to spend 5000 or something like that. And so this is uh, this could be something over the next couple of months to help you save a little bit of cash if you're just out and about buying things and you can actually find places to use it. You know, the problem is, is so many people with iPhones and, you know, they mentioned there's an Incipio uh, case here available. I just pulled up that thing and it is massive. It's super thick and it's super tall. Uh, I mean, it adds some definite thickness and tallness to the device. So that's completely really unacceptable to uh, most iPhone users. I think the the way that they're going to have to do this is somehow come up with a SIM that can be used uh, with this and and so that it can be somehow powered and and, and used in that way. Because otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. I just don't see a lot of people, uh, like you say, Joey, buying this bulky case to to do this. But either way, it is available if you want to try it. Uh, And essentially, the case, I'm sure, would be paid for if you can find enough retailers that can uh, take the ISIS program here. Either way, uh, just something to note if you're a Wells Fargo customer and you've got a device that can take advantage of the service service. AT&T looking to bolster its LTE offerings around the country with a recent filing on the FCC's site to purchase AWS Spectrum from Cable One. The Spectrum licenses cover 20 megahertz of AWS One A-block Spectrum in 119 counties across 24 CMAs in various states. If the transaction is approved, AT&T will own a total of 63 megahertz, uh, between 63 and 153 megahertz of Spectrum, including 20 megahertz to 50 megahertz of AWS one spectrum in the areas involved in the transaction. So uh, real quick, why does this matter? Um, if you're someone who's using uh, LTE today and you have been for a while, you may have noticed something we've talked about it in the past, and that's that the speeds of your connection have potentially slowed down. They're still good. They're just not as good as they once were. So uh, Verizon is the most susceptible to this, at least in, in what we've heard and what the reports have been that if you're using LTE as many other people are now with all of their smartphones that they have available 
Uh, the speeds that you are seeing are somewhere around, let's just say, the 5 uh, megabit per second range versus upwards of 50 megabits per second that we used to see when the services were first launched. So the AWS Spectrum comes in and offers some additional um, area for us to use and uh, some additional you know, big swaths that are going to you know, make sense for uh, all of the, the, the high bandwidth intensity things that we're talking about, whether it's audio or video streaming or what have you. Uh, very similar to what uh, things were like back in the mid-90s when the megahertz band was supplemented by the 1900 megahertz band and uh, the, the likes of Verizon and AT&T and everybody were trying to find additional capacity for phone calls. It's the same thing here on the data side and uh, AWS as a reminder is the 1700 megahertz range so until you buy a new device that can take advantage of it it's not like your current device is going to be able to use that as well so the only real uh, luck that you're going to have with this is that if a lot of people start offloading uh, their data on the new network the legacy 700 megahertz stuff will be clearer for you to use. Well, Sprint MVNO Ting this week announced that it's two year, for its two-year anniversary, it would be dropping its mobile data prices across the board. Plans now start at free for zero data, and options uh, include an S plan for $3, offering 100 megabytes of data. Uh, also, an ML or XL plan uh, have been there. Those different plans have been lowered in price to twelve dollars for five hundred megs, nineteen dollars for a gig, and twenty nine dollars for two gigs a month. Also changing is the overall rate of uh, overages, and that's uh, down from two point two five cents per megabyte to one point five cents per megabyte. Ting also added one hundred free minutes to its top voice plan and eight hundred free messages to its top messaging plan. Also making headlines, Boost Mobile announcing a promotion that offers unlimited voice minutes, unlimited messaging and two and a half gigs of high-speed data for only $35 a month. The promotion will uh, apply to new lines of service only and is available until March 31st. The $35 rate will then uh, be applied to its first six bills and will jump to $50 per month thereafter. Comscore this week announcing results of its monthly survey on U.S. mobile phone users for October through December of 2013. It showed that Apple's U.S. smartphone market share has increased 1.2 percentage points since September for a total share of 41.8%. Though as Apple's share continues to grow, it still lags behind Android's total share of 51.5%, though that is down 0.3% since September. Comparing handset manufacturers, Apple and Samsung continue to dominate, growing their control of the market by 1.2% each over the three-month period ending in December. Motorola, LG, and HTC round out the top five, five, which with each of them showing flat or negative growth. 156 million people in the U.S. own a smartphone now. That's 65.2% of the mobile market, and it's up 3.2% since September. Apple ranked at the top for OEM at 41.8%, Samsung number two at 26.1%, followed by Motorola at 6%, LG at 6%, and HTC at 5%. Despite a significant marketing effort, Microsoft's Windows Mobile, though, has failed to gain any traction, and over the last three months, it has dropped 0.2% down to 3.1% of the total platform share, and for the first time, BlackBerry uh, clicked in at under a percent. So uh, it's not looking good for any of these guys, unless you're a, uh, excuse me, an Android uh, or an Apple manufacturer, i.e. unless you're Apple or really Samsung, uh, if we're being quite honest about this. So either way, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that's out there, a lot of devices that are moving around and most of them are apple and samsung yeah the bigger just keep getting bigger i mean it's uh it, it's really one of those uh, duopoly kind of situations we've got going here 
Yeah, and uh, you know, on the Android side, as we talked about, fifty-one point five percent of the total market share. Google this week uh, announcing a monthly report for the number of Android devices running on each version of its platform. So going back all the way to Froyo, it's still hanging on. Android two point two still clicking in at one point three percent of all Android devices. Android 2.3 Gingerbread fell to 20%, and Honeycomb showed up with just one-tenth of a percent. So that means that legacy versions of the OS now make up 21.4% of active device numbers. Now, Android 4.0 Ice Cream Sandwich representing 16.1% of devices. Android 4.1 Jellybean is the leader at 35 point, excuse me, in second place at 35.5%. Uh, that's actually not his first place, and that's down from the 35.9% in the last recorded period. Android 4.2 is on the rise, uh, showing 16.3%. Android 4.3, 8.9%. And now KitKat, Android 4.4, still pretty light at 1.8% of devices, but uh, climbing steadily here as more and more people are getting their upgrades on their devices. So, But just amazing to me that we still have over a fifth of all Android devices are using versions of Android uh, that start in the uh, either Android 2 dot something or Android 3 dot something versions. So just just amazing how that is continuing to hang on here. People are still using either those older devices or we're talking about cheaper devices that uh, that were released recently with older versions of the software. Moving into device news, Samsung this week sent out invites to a press conference that will take place ahead of the annual Mobile World Congress trade show in Barcelona later this month. Dubbed Unpacked 5, possibly noting the announcement of the new Samsung Galaxy S5, the New York Times confirmed that the S5 will in fact debut at the event and also reveal the sequel to the Gear smartwatch. Specs for the S5 are expected to include a new AMOLED display with 2K resolution, measuring about 5.2 inches diagonally. Other speculation includes a quad-core Snapdragon processor or an octa-core Samsung Exynos chipset, depending on the region. Also uh, in the specs, 3 gigs of RAM, 32 or 64 gigs of memory, a 16 megapixel camera, a 3.2 megapixel front-facing camera, and a 3200 milliamp hour battery, of course, running all on Android 4.4 KitKat. So looking uh, looking forward to this device, I know many people are. Um, you know, this one looks like we may see a little bit of a change in the overall design of the device, and hopefully that'll be good news for those that are, are looking forward to something that's a little bit different than the traditional Galaxy styling that we've seen on devices up until now. It seems like, the, you know, they're still uh, maintaining their you know, traction, but I haven't seen as many S4s uh, this year compared to the, the number of S2s and S3s. It doesn't seem like they're as popular as they were, but, uh, you know, that's just a, kind of the gut feel. Yeah, and you do. Uh, I kind of feel the same way just about just phones in general. I mean, obviously the S five, um, you know, is going to be a good device, it, just like the you know the iPhone five S is. Um, but it's it's one of those things. Is it enough to get you to upgrade? That is really the question. So, um, and I think that's kind of what's happening here. Is we may see a lot of people go that were had S threes are going to go to the S five now and just skipped over the four. You know what? That's probably what it is. Exactly what it is. Just like you know with the iPhone four S's, uh, it seems like th- those were really the ones that got people to go probably because. Because Verizon, you know, really had their global phone on that, and and it, it just seems like the a lot of people are now starting to get the 5s. So yeah, I suppose that's probably what it is. And if people really do like their Samsung, which pretty much everybody I know really likes them, that's exactly what they're doing. They're waiting for the next uh, upgrade cycle. 
it just doesn't make any sense to spend five, $600 on the phone when you've got something that works just fine right now. And that's kind of, I think where we both are here with our iPhones. It just didn't make any sense to upgrade at this point. By the way, it's been out for five months now. That means that within seven months, we'll be completely out of contract on these devices we bought in September of 2012. So yeah, it's, it's coming along very quickly here. It's amazing how fast time goes. Uh, these days. Next up, satellite communications company Iridium this week announced Iridium Go. This is a portable hotspot that runs a satellite-fed communications network to provide voice and data access on the go to Android and iOS devices. It's larger than a traditional Wi-Fi hotspot, but Go is just 4.5 by 3.5 by 1.5 inches and weighs just 10 ounces. Since it needs to have line of sight with satellites, it can be mounted externally, though not meant for a permanent outdoor solution. Voice and data are routed through the Iridium Go application, so you'll get about four hours of talk time as everything, voice and data, is routed through the application. Pricing wasn't announced, though. It's expected to be around $800. Not for everybody, clearly, but something that if you need service while you're on the go and you want to use your current device, it's something that could probably save your day here and be just a great thing to have when you're out and about. Just one story here in software, Google on Tuesday updating its Google Wallet and Google Maps applications for iOS. The changes to the Wallet application are the same as those that went to the Android version last week. Google Wallet enables notifications from nearby merchants, and push notifications will now pop up to let users know when loyalty-based sales are available. Wallet makes adding loyalty programs easier via scanning the associated loyalty cards. Google has pushed out a minor update to Maps for iOS that enables real-time alerts when a faster route becomes available during navigation. Both Google Wallet and Google Maps are free to download from the iTunes App Store. Now, this is kind of an interesting story and also a non-story at the same time, but I, I did want to mention it just because I think it's great that you can now get all of these loyalty programs built into the, the wallet application on iOS as well. So if you're someone who's carrying around a whole bunch of cards, this may be a, a solution for you. Even if you're not using it to actually purchase anything, it's great to be able to just scan those, those cards in there and then pull them up just by launching the wallet application, and uh, you can carry all of them around just inside your phone. It's not a whole lot different than, um, you know, than what we saw, than what you can see with other types of applications, just something offered by Google. And so it may make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Now we just need some sort of Bluetooth attachment that just emulates the credit card, you know, emulates the magnetic strip on the card. And you can just kind of have just this one thing, this one card, whereas you can have a whole wallet full on your phone. It's an interesting concept. In fact, it's one that obviously people are thinking about doing, and that is uh, the kind of the concept behind Coin. I'm sure you've heard of the Coin card. Um, it's obviously very, very much uh, what you're talking about here. Though I, it, it is Bluetooth enabled, I believe, in that it connects directly to your phone, and um, it whatever you want it to be it will be for you. So you push a button on it, and it will be your credit card. It will be your, I guess, whatever other credit card. I, yeah, I mean, exactly. It, you know, this is a membership card, debit card, gift card, whatever you want it to be. Um, and you can uh, then load everything through the application. And it's just one card, obviously, by getting this device. And, um, carrying it with you, you run the risk of having one device that gets stolen. And then obviously you have one thing that is or lost, I guess. And then you've got one thing that you have to deal with versus all sorts of different cards, which is good or bad. The other, I guess, good news is that I think you can easily go ahead and kind of wipe it. And so you don't have, uh, you're not at risk of having any of your card information stolen or purchases fraudulently made. Um, the one thing that I'm trying to understand still with this here is the terms of service with it and how it relates back to, um, you know, what the 
credit card companies are saying because obviously they talk about a very specific piece of plastic that is signed that is you know that that thing that they are issuing to you and whether or not you can use this uh, in that violating their terms of service uh, is something to uh, you know that we still I think is is going to be some time here um, this is uh, going to be launched here sometime this summer uh, but this could be something that could be pretty neat if all you need to bring with you now is say your phone and this single card in your pocket um, to me that's a pretty pretty neat little proposition it was backed on Kickstarter I did not put any money into it I just have read about it and it's certainly interesting and uh, could be one of those fun things that uh, just replaces uh, you know the types of uh, you know things that we have in our wallet today and all of a sudden we're just not carrying anything else around there is no more wallet for us and I guess that's kind of the thing with the watch Joe you don't wear a watch uh, every day do you no I don't right now yeah and I do still and it's more of a just a, an accessory than anything else uh, you know the functionality of it I don't really look at it a whole lot usually I just grab my phone and and I think that's what a lot of people are doing today. Um, there's still something to be said for something mechanical, and, and that's kind of fun. I know a lot of people do like that. But either way, uh, we digress and move on here. And let's talk about some questions and comments. The first one, a question from Leah. And uh, Leah says, I have two Evos, the Sprint Evo 4G and an old LG Optimus S. Both are no longer on carrier plans, and I would like to use one of them as a house phone. We do not have a landline and would like to use the phone that is just uh, always sitting on the phone charger in our house that could be used to make and receive calls. We have cell phones currently on carrier plans, still with Sprint. We just switched over to Framily, but this phone would never leave the house and would only use Wi-Fi. However, I can't seem to get Google Voice to work on the old phones that are no longer on the plan. Would one of them need to be rooted in order to use Google Voice on Wi-Fi only? Please let me know uh, what I can do. Thanks so much as always. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Leah. Okay. Well, Leah, good news. Um, there are apps that can handle what you're talking about. So there's no rooting that is necessary though. Uh, only for a limited amount of time here. I'll get to that in just a minute. So uh, what you're going to want to do is go and grab an application. Um, the, the free one out there is Talkatone, and then there's also one called Groove IP, which I think is only five bucks or something. It's pretty cheap. And both use the data uh, on the device, just like you're talking, over Wi-Fi to connect phone calls. And basically uh, would work the same uh, that you would be using like a web browser and using the Gmail or Hangouts application uh, on the browser. So they typically work uh, pretty much okay over Wi-Fi, though I have had some experiences where long calls will get disconnected. Uh, when you're on the cellular network, which wouldn't be an issue because you're not talking about doing this but uh, calls can be flaky in fact we've even had test calls on the shows in the past and uh, unless you're in a great area with low latency problems can arise pretty quickly when you're trying to use these but uh, let's go back to this and talk about the the short timer uh, comments about this and here's the deal uh, Google announced that as of May of this year, and I can't remember the date, it's the 15th or maybe the 31st, you are no longer going to be able to use third-party applications to tie into Google Voice. And so, uh, unfortunately, these are only going to work for the next couple of months, and then thereafter... I'm imagining that it's going to be the same solution that they have as you see on the iPhone, which is the Hangouts application will then be uh, able to use this. But I know that has not been implemented yet on Android. No, because I was actually looking at a uh, a home style device, maybe not a phone, but it was like a, a box that would interface with regular phones because I was kind of uh, the, the wife it always loses her phone around the house. So I was going to try to get a, a solution that used Google Voice for making regular phone calls because that you know the, the the amount of phone calls is nearly nothing but those occasional ones you really do want to answer you miss when you're at home because the the phone is in the purse or whatever it may be and yeah i came across that same uh, limitation that in the next two months it's going to be uh non-existent for this and i can't remember the name of the device that i found it was like 60 bucks and it was just a connection to the google voice and that would have been absolutely perfect 
Yeah, so it's, like I said, on iOS right now, if you get the Hangouts application, um, you can use that to make phone calls. And in fact, you can use it to receive phone calls as well. Um, you can actually turn it off if you don't want it to receive phone calls, which is nice because obviously I, I when I installed the app and it said, do you want this to receive phone calls? I said, yeah, sure, that's great. Not realizing or realizing but not caring that uh, phone calls were already coming through to my my phone. So when I would get a call on my Google Voice line, the phone would ring and I'd get notified on the Hangouts application at the same time. So it didn't really work out well. So I turned that off, which is nice. But if you're someone who doesn't want to have phone calls come through, you can just do that and use it over data. And um, as far as I know, and, and I say that because I was actually looking at it before the show to try and answer this for you, Leah, Hangouts does not, on Android, does not have this functionality yet. So um, hopefully at some point in the future, it's going to be added on there. But right now you cannot do outgoing voice calls. You can do SMS. That's something that's already in there. In fact, if you're using Android and, um, you know, you've, you've got a, um, you know, one of these newer versions of, uh, of Android with it, whether it's KitKat or whatever, you can actually set it up. So Hangouts is your SMS handler as well. So you no longer have messages on the device, which is kind of funky and also kind of nice at the same time, because it's just all kind of built into one app. And hopefully at some point here, the uh, Google Voice stuff will be as well. And uh, so that's that's what you're going to be looking forward to. But in the meantime, uh, no rooting necessary. Just go and grab Talkatone or Groove IP. Probably try Talkatone first because it's free. Try that out, see how it works. And uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, no big deal. It just kind of works. Uh, like I said, long calls uh, can be flaky, but Hopefully this is just going to be for those short, quick conversations uh, or just to have something around if you need to do these these types of things. So have fun with that and uh, play around with it and let us know what you decide to do. Finally, today is a question from Don. He says, uh, Mickey and Joey, really enjoy the podcast. Question for you. I'm a Sprint customer and recently at a Sprint store speaking to one of their managers. Currently have an old family plan with four lines activated. The manager told me that I could save money by switching to their new family plan. He said that if I'm on a plan with between seven and 10 people, that my monthly charge would only be $25 per month with unlimited talk and text and five gigs of data per line. I told him that I'd never be able to find the other three to six people to join Sprint, so I didn't think I'd want to change. Though he explained to me that I didn't have to. He said that when a customer comes in to activate a line, they look for for families to add to. I didn't really think this sounded right to me and wanted to know if there's any details about how the plan works or is administered. Do I really have to do nothing and add people and people will just be added to reduce my monthly cost? If someone in my family drops the service, do they automatically try to fill the spot? And finally, are they going to force me off my existing plan if I try to upgrade my existing phone? My existing plan is unlimited data, and my kids are data hogs. Thanks in advance, and I look forward to any insight you may have on this. Well, Don, I, I think the, the the simple comment that I have on this is that there's no way this is standard protocol for these plans. There, they, there, there's no way Sprint can be just adding on random people to the plan that you have just to drop your cost down. What it sounds like is that the people in the store are actually just adding on people to a plan that they know is existing, so they're keeping track of that internally and adding them on. But definitely, that is that. that cannot be the protocol for what the what the company intended for this. Definitely not. And either that or it's just a ploy to get you to, to change over to that plan. I mean, r- really, it, it, I mean, we've heard, you know, uh, some deception here from, uh, you know, reps over time. Not It's not always the case. But yeah, the Sprint uh, definitely wouldn't want this to be the case. And I suppose even if they get uh, discovered doing this at the store, they could have some issues. So I definitely wouldn't trust uh, trust this. 
Yeah, definitely not. And uh, in, in either way, I don't think you're going to need to make a change. I mean, obviously, they have a commitment where they've said that um, those that sign up with a with a smartphone, um, you know, with we're with with a phone, get unlimited data for life on that device. Um, you know, that only means for that particular phone, I guess. Um, but either way, you don't have to make a change of of your plan uh, unless they require it with the new terms of service uh, that they have for a contract. So keep that in mind. But if you were to just buy a phone outright, you wouldn't change the plan. And ultimately, I think you'd be just fine. This is how the other guys have gone too. I mean, Verizon, you can still keep your unlimited data plan if you want, just as long as you're paying full price for the uh, for the device, which may or may not be worthwhile. But either way, um, it could be worth it if you're using a lot of data. And it sounds like in your case, you're, you are and your kids are using a ton of it. So um, I would say, you know, if you try and upgrade the phone, they may force you off of the plan. Um but I don't think that is the case quite yet, uh, though certainly could be in the future. It's very odd here. This is not this. This did not sound right at all. And so, uh, you know, good on good on you to be questioning this and uh, not making the change at this point. Um, and I think if you were to go and talk to anybody else, uh, whether it's customer service on the phone or whatever, they're probably going to tell you the same thing that it's it's this is not this is not the protocol that which they would uh, they want their customer uh, reps following. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can get in touch with us by sending email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or giving us a call 206-203-3734 we'd love to hear from you and any questions or comments that you may have joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening for more information about the stories you've just heard visit us at the cell phone junkie.com